Come on, Rally. Well, hey, we are pumped to be with you. I'm so excited to be back. I hope you are. Come on, can you make some noise wherever you are? We're excited to be back. All across the state, we're hanging out, and I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling good. It's good to be back. I've missed you guys. I hope you had an amazing summer. I don't know what you did. Maybe you got to travel, got to hang with some friends, or maybe you work like majority of us. And uh, but we're back and we're ready to roll all across the state. Uh, and if this is your first time at Rally, we are so excited that you're with us. We're so excited that you make the time to come and hang with us. Uh, so can we make some noise for all the first time people? If you're new here, we're so excited that you'd come and hang. And we want to encourage you to get involved in, in everything that's happening in Rally. So many great things are happening in the city where you find yourself in. And uh, shout out to all the freshmen. Maybe you've just moved in. You're getting accustomed and getting ready for what's ahead. And you're going to make some decisions over how you're going to spend your college years. And I want to say, man, get invested, get planned, and get involved in what God is doing in Rally. And uh, for all the young professionals, maybe you just moved cities, maybe you moved into a new job, and I would say, man, get involved in what God is doing in Rally and within our church. And really simply, if you want to get involved, talk with a leader at your campus, and you can always text Rally to 30303. We want you to be involved. But uh, today I want to share with you uh, just really simply our heart for rally, for what God is doing in the young adults of our church. And we want to give you a vision of, well, how do we follow Jesus in the day and age and in the culture that we find ourselves in? It doesn't need to be said once again, but the world that we live in is pretty crazy right now. There's so many things going on in our world and questions and heartache and pain and challenge and Suicide rates are going through the roof and people have worry and challenge and are wondering, what do I do with everything that's happened? COVID is, is rampant. People are tired of it. People are tired of the political tension in the world. But this is the world that we find ourselves in. And we cannot bury our head in the sand and pretend like this is not real life because it is real life, my friends. And so do, what do we do as followers of Jesus in the culture, in the world that we find ourselves in? And I would say that we do not run from it, but we run to the world. And we say, Jesus, I will follow you no matter the cost. And so maybe you're, you're here today and you just kind of got dragged along by a friend, or maybe you've been a part of Rally for a really long time. But I want to give you some things that can help you follow Jesus in the world that we find ourselves in. And so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 9, and we're going to turn there in a moment. But to give you a little bit of context about the story that we're about to read, this is a story of Jesus returning to his disciples, and he finds his disciples arguing with a crowd and some scribes, and in that crowd and scribes is a father with his son who has great need and great pain, and Jesus has an exchange with him. And then we find Jesus' response to his disciples. And this is what it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And when he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher. I brought my son to you 
for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and it becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this cannot be done, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Will you pray with me quickly? Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in Rally. I thank you for uh, the reality that you want to meet us in the midst of the chaos in the world. And I just pray right now for the young adults who are a part of this community and the young adults of South Carolina. Would you move mightily, God? Remind us of the reality of the power of you, Jesus, that you're not far removed, but you want to know us. And so, God, I pray your blessing upon Rally and speak to us in this moment. In your name I pray, amen. I want to ask a quick question. Are there any uh, outdoors kind of people? I need you to raise your hand and identify right now. You, you love going on hikes. You love getting out in nature. Like that's your kind of flow. Uh, last weekend, I just went up to the mountains and I went up with some friends. And one of my friends, Matt, he's an outdoors kind of guy. And he's leading us kind of like as the brave man that he is. And a couple of us other guys are not outdoors kind of guy. And he's like, hey, just a heads up. There's a snake over there. And says it very naturally, like it's very normal. And I immediately freak out my heart's racing. I see this thing running away. I'm like, I'm not good in the outdoors because I don't know about you, but I'm the other kind of person, a city kind of person. Like I love going to a city. I love some culture. I love going to a restaurant, kind of catching the vibe of what's in a city. Now I appreciate the outdoors, but I don't thrive in the outdoors. I need someone to be with me in the outdoors. One of the times that I'll never forget is when I was freshly married and me and my friends were kind of all in that newlywed stage of life and I know some of you were there and we decided to go on a camping trip. Now two of the couples were kind of like your city couples but one of the couples was like the outdoors kind of couple. And so my buddy Jeremy is this guy who loves going camping, he loves fires, he loves nature, like he thrives and so we're like well if Jeremy's going to protect us and keep us safe, we'll go camping. So we go camping on the first night, we say, hey, ladies, 
Uh, let's get a fire going. Well, we've got it. You just relax, sit back, eat some food and enjoy. And Jeremy says, well, I'll go off to the, to the ocean. I'll go catch some mussels because that's what you do down by the rocks and bring them back for the fire. So me and my buddy Brad decide, hey, we're going to get this fire going. And we're there and we're, we've, we said, no sweat. We can get this thing going. We're getting this fire going, but there's no actual fire going. We're just playing with sticks and kindling and nothing's happening. We're trying to act cool in the beginning stages, but over a period of time, we get more frustrated and angry, and now the girls are like, hey, we need a, a fire. It's pretty cold out here. Well, like, we got it, we got it, just, shh, we got it, we got it. And now we're trying to re-change uh, the kindling, and that maybe if we do the TP style, it will get a little bit better. And we're getting frustrated and angry at the situation, and now everyone's starting to argue. Now the girls are telling, no, you need to do this, and I'm saying, no, I need to do this, and nothing is happening with the fire. Then all of a sudden, like an angel appearing from the bushes, my friend Jeremy appears and he just looks at what this fire should be and almost clicks his fingers and the fire goes. And immediately the crowd of us arguing ceases because my boy Jeremy appears like an angel and this fire begins. And that, my friends, is a reality of the way that we find ourselves in this story. That crowds and culture are arguing and Jesus appears on the scene and all of a sudden the crowd is silenced. We live in a day and age where there is arguing and friction and tension and questions around the future. There are so many opinions, yet when Jesus comes on the scene, the crowds are silenced. The first thing you need to recognize in this story and the first observation is crowds and culture argue when there is no power. There are so many opinions in the world that we find ourselves in. There are so many political views on this way or that way, and people have got so many thoughts. But I promise you this, that when the power of God comes on the scene, the arguing has ceased. That the world is not looking for a generation to have more opinions, but the world is looking for a generation to know the power of God. And that my prayer is for you rally, that you would know the presence of God, that you would know what it means to carry the presence of God with you everywhere you go. Because we read in this story that the crowds are arguing with the disciples because the disciples could not cast the demon out of this child. That they were relying upon themselves and could not figure out how to get this demon out of this child. The crowds had heard about the things of Jesus and now they were questioning, well, why can't you do it? And the disciples are feeling the shame and the heartache that they can't do this. But Jesus comes on the scene and the crowd is silenced because he brings the power of God with him. My friends, this power that I'm talking to you about is not power of this world. It is not something that is, look at me, look how loud and impressive I can be. But no, it comes out of the intimacy and proximity with the Father. The world is not looking for more impressive people. The world is looking for a generation who know the presence of God, that will carry the presence of God with them into their workplaces, into the world that they find themselves in. The world doesn't need more church hurt and disappointment. It needs men and women of character who understand that I know God and I bring the presence of God with me wherever I go. And so one of our values as a ministry is that we would pursue the presence of God. That would we be the kind of people that say, man, I want the presence of God with me wherever I go. 
And it doesn't mean that I have to go to a church building on a Sunday, but I can experience in my bedroom early in the morning. It's with me when I go in my car and I drive to work in the morning. It's with me when I go to my class at school and I understand that I'm a carrier of the presence of God with me. When people are arguing about political opinions, vaccine or no vaccine, masks or no masks, that you have something different, you bring the peace of God with you wherever you go. We don't buy into the arguments of the world, but no, we bring the presence of God with, with us wherever we go. When we see the heartbreak of what's happening in Afghanistan and around the world, we don't just go to post about something, but we get on our knees in prayer. God, would you move in our world? We need your presence. The world doesn't need just another opinion, but the world needs a generation who understand the presence of God. So what does it mean? Would you pray? Would you beg God to move? The second observation that I see in this text is that Jesus cares deeply about humanity, so we should too. The exchange of Jesus in the Father and the Son is so beautiful to me. Jesus asks the Father in verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? Can you feel the empathy and, and the desire and the longing to know that this man's story? Jesus isn't just going to click his fingers and, and fix the situation. No, he wants to know the story behind the pain. Would we mean not ju just a generation who can, hey, let me do these things for you? No, we want to seek understanding. We want to know the heartbreak. We want to know their stories. Would we be the kind of people who understand that humanity is hurting? Not just seeing pain around us and becoming desensitized to it, but no, we understand that Jesus cared deeply for humanity. So we should too. The father in this story has got just a little bit of belief. He says, if you can do anything, this father had believed that this has been going on for years, that maybe the disciples could cast this demon out of his son and it couldn't happen, so his faith is waning, but there's just a little bit of belief within him. He says, help my, I believe, but help my unbelief. God is not looking for people who have it all together in a facade, like everything's good, I've got it all right. He says, hey, even just a little bit of belief. God, I'm weak, but I need you. And you might have come here today and you've got terrible things in your, in your home life. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you feel anxiety and pressure and there's just a little bit within you. Declare to God today and say, God, I believe, just help my unbelief. God, I need you. I don't have it all together. And that's where Jesus works. This father is seeking the power of God. But Jesus corrects and says, yes, there are things that I can do, but he wants to make sure his trust is in a person, the person of Jesus. Would we be the kind of people who see the needs of humanity and do everything we can to help people understand if we put our trust in Jesus, that's where the transformation takes place. And so that's why for us, another one of our values and one of our vision and heart for Rally is that we would pursue people. Would we pursue people? 
People who don't look like us, people who don't act like us, people who have different stories and heartache and pain. Would we have a heart just like Jesus for humanity, the way that Jesus sees people? He sits at their dinner table. He opens up his life. Would that be the young adults of South Carolina, that we pursue people? Not just in our little social club of who we know, but maybe there's someone, a new colleague who just came along and you say, hey man, do you want to come over to my house? Maybe there's someone in your dorm room that you don't know and say, hey bro, let me get to know you. There's a desire to know the people around us, not just play little church games. So would we seek to know and to understand people? That's why it's so important to get in a rally group. If you're not in a rally group, get in one, get in community. When's the last time you paid an outrageous tip and showed generosity? When's the last time that you did something that made you a little bit uncomfortable to show that you loved the people around us? Jesus was interested in the Father and the Son. And I love the exchange towards the end of the text where the disciples are so perplexed. They, they, They tried to cast this demon out and they could not. But Jesus could. And they asked, well, why could we not cast this demon out, Jesus? And it says in verse 29 that this cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. You need to understand, and this is my last observation for you, that when we become like Jesus, we will act like Jesus. And to become like Jesus, we must be with Jesus. Let me say it again. When we become like Jesus, we will act like Jesus. And to become like Jesus, we must be with Jesus. You see, in Mark 6, the disciples had already received authority from Jesus to cast out spirits. And they had already cast out the demonic. And they had already seen miracles take place. But now in Mark 9, there's this question of, well, why couldn't we do it again? And I believe that this is simply because they had taken the power of God for granted and thought that they could do it in their own self. And we must constantly understand the necessity to be in proximity with Jesus. Don't be just the kind of person who relies upon your own strength. Don't be the kind of person who thinks, I've got some giftings, I've got some things in my life, I'm all good. No, we must be the kind of people who long to be in proximity with Jesus. I love out of the admission of their failure, what does Jesus do? He says, it can only be done through prayer. And what is this? An invitation into greater proximity with the Father. Failure in your life should lead to proximity with the Father. It should not lead to shame. Failure does not lead us to shame. Failure will lead us to the Father. And that's why I pray for you that no matter the mistakes, no matter the baggage, no matter the challenge in your life, you would understand the reality that you can know the Father through Jesus and experience His Spirit today. And so for us as a community, we say that we want to pursue the ways of Jesus. That truly we don't just believe that Jesus is a nice brand to associate with, but no, we say, Jesus, I humble myself. I want to become like you. I want to be with you. I want to act like you. That Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. No matter what's happening in society, no matter what's happening in the world, I follow you and I trust you. You see, the schemes of the enemy will flee 
when there's a generation who understand proximity to the Father. That they not just believe that there's a spiritual elite at the church, but no, we are the body of Christ at work in our world. In your workplace, in your college, wherever you go, could you get a vision for the city that you'll find yourself in? That maybe you've moved to a random city for a job or a, or a, or a school. You're not there by accident. The people around you are not just some bodies walking past you, but no, God has positioned you with a purpose. And that's why for us, we want to follow in the ways of Jesus. And so I would ask you a question. What are things in your life that need to maybe shift or change that you could follow in the ways of Jesus? There's time left in the year that you could read through the whole Bible in 90 days this year. Maybe you need to stop watching Outer Banks and say, man, I want to get serious about following Jesus. I want to dive deep into his word and, and look at it like a movie and fly through the Bible by the end of the year. Maybe you need to just get the practice of being in his word and knowing it and reading it daily. Maybe it looks like waking up early and just going to a psalm and reciting it and reading it out loud and letting the word of God transform you. Maybe it's just practicing the Sabbath. And saying, man, I am going to follow and trusting in your ways and not get distracted with busyness, but God, I want to rest and trust you. Maybe you need to open up your home and open up your life to people around you. Maybe for a lot of you, you need to start tithing and putting God first in your finances. Maybe you need to start journaling and get a journal out and start writing in your prayers and saying, God, would you move in my life? I want there to be something that bubbles up within the young adults of South Carolina that say, hey, Jesus, I'm not going to buy the lies of this world, but I believe that there's abundant life in you, Jesus. And just like the disciples maybe had some failure in the, in the book of Mark chapter 9, but when you read through the gospel accounts and then you fast forward into the book of Acts, the same group of people were the ones who birthed the early church, filled with the Spirit of God and who faced much persecution but they were committed and had spent time with Jesus and became more like him and acted more like him. And so that's our heart for you, Rally. In the community that you find yourself in, don't just put one foot in and be a little bit in. No, we want you to be planted in the house of God. Seeing your city look different, the kingdom of God, God doing great things around you. And that's what we want for you. And so plain and simply, the vision of Rally is this, that Rally would exist to activate young adults into an everyday relationship with Jesus. We don't want you to just come to church on a Sunday or come to rally, but we want you to know God in a personal way, being transformed to know Him. And that's what we want for you. So I want to challenge you. How do you live in the cultural climate that we find ourselves in, in this day and age? It's get in community, build great friendships around you, and follow and trust in Jesus. And understand that he cares about you. Nothing you could do could earn his love. He demonstrated for it on the cross. No religious background, no association of knowledge about these things. But no, he wants to know you in a personal way. And I believe there's great things for you in this fall. So I'm going to pray for you and hand back to your campus leaders as they're going to share their heart. God, I thank you for rallying. God, I pray for this fall, I pray for what's to come, and I pray would you do a great work in the young adults of South Carolina. I bless your people, and I thank you so much that we can know you and become more like you and be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.